Wendy and I were fortunate enough that we were able to uh, head to Florida for spring break. And, and on our way home, uh, heading up I-75, I think, or I forget exactly where on our journey, uh, there was a gigantic sign uh, that had a very, very important message if you're traveling on the road. And that message was very clear, and it was, in, it was inviting you to pull over. Uh, and if you didn't pull over soon, you, you did so at your own risk. And the message on that sign was, the cleanest rest area for the next 100 miles. And I thought, okay, that's some wise counsel. You know, when you're on the road, you like to know where the good strategic spot was. And if you didn't stop here, you run the risk of, you know, a less than cleanly uh, rest area. Uh, we just blew right past it. Uh, we just kept going. But uh, uh, what was curious and why the, the funny message, but also at the same time, uh, the message was written not on a billboard, not on like a, an official, uh, you know, an official thing off the side of the road giving you instruction. It was written on a black barn, and it was falling apart, and I'm pretty sure the sign was written around 50 years ago. And so, you know, it's kind of like, do you really believe the message if the sign is in the condition that it's in? And it's like, you know, it's like, it's very inviting when it's dilapidated, falling apart, maybe a few bullet holes in it, I'm not sure. Uh, and I had wished, I actually went to like the internet, I thought certainly somebody took a picture of this, and no one has, because I didn't, you know, I saw it and I just kept going, and then I thought, hey, there's a sermon illustration there, and then I thought, maybe I should circle back and go get a picture, uh, but that didn't happen. Um, so I don't have a picture, but you're just going to have to believe me, go to Florida, come back, take a picture of it. But it had me thinking about this. When the sign is broken, is the message still true? When the sign's broken, is the message still true? When I think about uh, the Bible, there's a lot of times where the sign gets broken. Uh, we spent the last uh, several, uh, several weeks, uh, even a couple of months, looking at Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is an old book in the Old Testament, and it tells the story of the Israelites. And the Israelites were God's people. They were God's special people. God was like, you are going to be my sign to the world. I want you to show the world that I love you. I want you to show the world that you can trust me and that there's one God and one Lord and one Savior. I want you to know that you are special to me. And that's what God said about the Israelites, and that's what God was going to do with the Israelites. And we know, we know that the sign was broken. We know that the sign was broken because there were so many times where they were along in their journey, and they would say really dumb things. And they would doubt in God, and they would question, and they would wonder, does God really care about us? God delivers them out of Egypt. He does something incredible. He takes this small nation of people and he delivers them from the mightiest nation that the world had ever seen. And he took them out of Egypt and he fed them, he cared for them, he gave them all that they needed. And they sat around campfires and they wondered, did God care about me? Does God care about the situation we're in? Because there would become these rough and difficult moments. They'd be wandering in the desert and they'd be wondering, hey, who's making dinner? 
and they'd be sitting and they'd be, they would have had a very long journey that day and they would have th thought that they were dying of thirst and they would complain and they would say, you have taken us out of Egypt just so we can die out here in the desert. We would have been better off in Egypt where we could have at least, you know, had food to eat and water to drink. Moses, he has to go back and he has to plead the case to God because God's like, really, guys? Really? And Moses pleads with him and says, God, God you can't wipe them out because this will, this, will look, this will look bad. I know the sign's broken. I know that they're not doing exactly what you want them to. They're not pointing to you the way that you desire them to, but, but if you break them completely, people won't believe the message about who you are. And Moses is like, okay, fair point. Or God is like, fair point, Moses. I'll tell you what we're going to do. And what God does is he keeps working, and he keeps working with these people, the Israelites, as stubborn as they are. He calls them stiff-necked and have these stubborn and hard hearts. And he keeps working with these people and he keeps leading them and he keeps giving them a little bit of hope and a little bit of a chance and he keeps protecting them and he cares for them and he loves them. He feeds them, he nourishes them, he takes them across the Jordan River and finally they enter into the promised land and you would think then that the sign would finally get it. And Moses goes through all of it and he says, I want you to do these things because when you do them, you will point to there being one Lord and one God and one Savior over all. And when you do these things, you will point to the one God over all of creation. And they fail that too. And so there's this thing that God is doing, this thing to rescue and save and redeem. It's all about this sign. It's all about taking these everyday normal people and saying the way you live and the what you do are going to point to my glory and my honor. I'm going to set you apart. And the sign's broken. And the question I have for you is, is when the sign breaks, is the message still true? Because what God would do, what God would do is he would make a new sign. And I know God's signs are probably fancier than my sign, I know. But God, God would send his son and we are told in the Bible that Jesus is God in flesh, that he is the creator from the beginning to the end, that Jesus is Lord, that he was with God in the beginning, that he partnered with God in creation. We know this Jesus to be Lord and Messiah and Christ. And when Jesus lived on the earth, he invited people to come and follow him. And it worked. There was a few, and then there were a few more, and next thing you know, you had 70 people, and then there was hundreds of people, and then that number went down, and then there were thousands, and then he said weird things like, eat my flesh, and then they all ran away. But there were people who said, there's something about this one. There's been other Jesuses, there's been other hopes of someone who's going to come and do something, but just like those guys on the road to Emmaus, they said this, we hoped he'd be the one who would redeem Israel. But we know what happened. 
The sign was broken. The sign was ripped to shreds. And they buried him. They betrayed him. They ran away. They fled. They, they had nothing to do with him. They were ashamed to know him. And we are challenged with this question. When the sign is broken, is the message still true? Jesus was completely broken. He empties himself completely. He dies on the cross. He is crucified. He is buried. And those, that question that was asked on the road to Emmaus, when they were talking to the risen Jesus right there in that moment, they said what their hearts were feeling, experiencing, and what they knew deep within themselves. They said, we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem us. We thought he was the sign. We thought he was the one who was pointing us forward. We thought we saw the one that we had finally found the one we had been looking for. And he's dead. When the sign's broken, is the message still true? A year ago, it was, uh, it was me, it was Wendy, and a handful of others in this room for Easter Sunday. And what transpired over the last year, I don't really want to belabor, but it was terrible. And we all experienced it in a hundred different ways, and different grief, and different sorrow, and different despair. But all of us felt what I think Israel has felt, what people who have trusted in God have felt what we all have done and what we've all experienced in our life when things happen that are beyond our control, beyond our understanding and our reasoning, when despair strikes our families, when there's hurt and there's suffering and there's brokenness and there's death, and we wonder if the sign is broken, is the message still true? If the church is broken, is the message still true? If I'm broken, is the message still true? When I have hurt and anger and suffering and brokenness and despair when I have cried my eyes out and I have nothing left in me. Is the message still true that God loves me? And the hope of the resurrection is this. That the sign can be ripped. The sign can be beaten and it can be buried. But he is risen. And he is life. And he is greater than death. And he is greater than our greatest despair. And he is greater than our greatest grief. And he is there. And he is love. And he is greater than it all because he is risen from the dead. And so it has me asking this question why does God keep using broken signs to declare his message? I have operated the majority of my life trying to be something that people would approve of. And I know I'm doing a great job at it. Thanks, Dick. You're the best. Man, that was like a warm hug right there. 
I, um, I had a dear friend who's known me her entire life. She asked me, how do you live with that? And the truth is, I don't. And I imagine that I'm not the only person here trying to keep up appearances that we have it all together. That we have it all figured out and we have the answers and, and we know what's right and we know what's wrong and we can, everybody should listen to us. I know that you think this because I see your Facebook pages. It's a joke. It was mean, but I like it. I have thought that to be successful in ministry, I had to be something more than I can be. I have the right church with the right folks doing the right things and trying to get it all together. And I have learned that the veneer of my busy work just exposes just how shallow we can become. When it becomes all about appearances and not about who we are and what we are in Jesus Christ. I've had my own wrestling matches with God over the last year as I know that you have. And what I have been challenged by, what I have been encouraged by, and what I place my hope in now is that we don't have to be perfect signs. God used Israel and they were terrible. And God has used me. And God has used you. And God's not interested in having perfect people as much as he's interested in having you do something really important. He wants you to honor him. He wants you to go and tell other people that Jesus has risen from the dead and he's the hope that you need. And he wants to take you and all of your imperfections and all your weirdness and all of your grief and all of your sorrow and he wants to take you to be a sign to tell others about who Christ is and what he's done. On the road to Emmaus, there's that special moment. And, and it's where God divinely appoints potlucks. I'm serious. It's right there in the text. Thanks, Tim. I love you. <laughs> yeah, he gets it. You hate potlucks. Oh, good grief. What's your problem, man? The... Uh, but it's the road to the mass, and they pause and they eat. They invite Jesus to stay with them. And Jesus breaks bread. Jesus breaks bread with them, and that's when their eyes open. And that's when they see this, when God has done something that he's done with them thousands of times before. It's this special moment of fellowship with them. And when I think about how can we be a sign again, how can we take the brokenness, how can we take the grief that we're having and feeling, and how can we take what we've gone through and start pointing people forward, well, I think it's fellowshipping again. I think it's saying there's one who unites us that is greater than all of the things that are looking to divide us. 
and it comes together in the breaking of bread, and it's the breaking of bread not just around the Lord's Supper, but the breaking of bread at potluck. See, it's divinely appointed to him. You can't not have it. And it's also breaking bread together in our homes, announcing and proclaiming and sharing with one another that Jesus is risen. That if people will start seeing Jesus in the world, they're going to have to start seeing it in us in the way that we embody it and encourage one another and lift one another up. I look in the story in the, of, uh, of Emmaus and it happens that they draw closer to Jesus, Jesus when they invite him in and they say, would you stay closer to us? That if we're going to respond to the gospel message today, it's inviting Jesus to stay nearer and nearer to us every day that we would welcome him into our lives that we would welcome him in our coming and our going and in our staying, that we would welcome him to our hearts again where we've pushed him away. We would just repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I've pushed you out of my marriage. I'm sorry I've pushed you out of my work. I'm sorry that I've pushed you out of my spare time. Say, Lord Jesus, would you come and stay with me and be with me? And the story of Emmaus it's a story of celebration and praise. They look to the risen Lord and he ascends to the right hand of God and they go on filled with joy, amazement, and praise. And I think if we could take all of these things and say, Jesus, would you stay with me? And if we would fellowship with one another and if we would worship God, then we would see the sign of the church pointing again to a risen Savior. You have been asked, broken as we are, to be a sign pointing people to the risen Christ. You are evidence that Jesus is risen. You embrace and proclaim and display the risen Lord with your life when you love one another, when you care about one another, when you eat together, when you celebrate Jesus, when you gather on Sunday mornings. And not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. And so I want to ask you one more time, if the sign is broken, is the message still true? And while I couldn't advise you about where you would want to stop and go on your travels, I want you to think about those first disciples who looked at the situation and the sign, the one that they had hoped who was pointing them forward, who was leading them to God. Some of them were filled with despair. And someone, some of them listened and they knew what to look for. The women, they went to the grave that morning. Some in eager anticipation, I imagine. Some in sorrow and grief and looking just to care for the body properly. And what they found was an empty tomb and folded clothes, just like Mary taught Jesus. I mean, he folded up his laundry, put it at the end of the bed. It's right there in the story, too. You can check it out. But all of it was this pointing to this one certain truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And no matter how broken the world gets, no matter how broken we are, no matter what they did to him, 
the message is always true. He is Lord and Christ. They would go and they would preach and Peter would take a message to the world and he would say, this Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord and Messiah. The response of people that day was to say, well, what do we do? And Peter said, well, would you come and would you repent and would you believe in this Jesus as Lord? Would you be baptized? Would you join in the family? Would you belong to the church? Would you join this mission? Would you join along in announcing and proclaiming that Jesus is Lord and Messiah? Friends, we've been through so much and it is so good to be with you today. And I wanna share with you that we can be a sign of hope. We can take our story. We can take our hurt and we can take our sadness and our grief. We can take all of it and we can tell the story of God's faithfulness and God's love. If you're looking for a perfect church, this isn't the one. But in our brokenness, in our hurt, we still point to a God that is greater than all of the things that would look to divide and harm us. I drove by a thousand signs or more on our trip home. But it was the broken sign that stood out the most. God takes our brokenness. God takes our hurt. God takes all that's within us and he says, I can use that. And I want you to know today that God wants to use you. He wants to use you for his praise and glory and honor. He wants you to reach out to someone who's going through something similar that you've gone through. Because he resurrected his son, he can raise you. He can raise you and he will raise you and he will lift you up. Easter is about new life. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, for those who are in Christ Jesus, the old is gone and the new is here. You have new life in him. Let God use you. Let God use you for his glory and his honor. I love you. And I hope today you would know that more than anything, Jesus' love and he laid down his life for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that despite our grief, our sorrow, despite division and frustrations and heartache, Lord, for some of us, this might be the first time we've been back together. It's jarring to our systems, God. We've been isolated we've been pushed away from one another so we pray for your healing help we pray that your spirit would unite us again that you would stir in our hearts a desire for you a desire for righteousness and goodness a desire lord not to be made righteous in our image but to be made righteous in your image 
Lord, you rescued and saved us not to be better versions of ourselves. You rescued and saved us to be like you. Redeem, to care for, to love us and lead us. So Lord, I ask that you would help us to be signs again that point heavenward, that you would be, we would be signs that point towards what is good and righteous, Lord. And so by our love, by our care for one another, by our fellowship, by our worship, by our unity, Lord. People would see you, that we would tell people about you and what you've done. Lord, the world is filled with anger and hurt and suffering. Lord, the world is filled with injustice and brokenness. And we could dwell on all that is wrong or we can focus on all that is good. And Lord, you can shape our hearts and our minds to live out of the abundance of your goodness in this world. Lord, that we can go and share love and share your love with the world and never run out of it. Help us to find that stream of love in you that we would nourish ourselves every day in your blessings and your grace and your love and your mercy and your forgiveness. Lord, we come to you through Jesus Christ. That you would prop us up and hold us together and bind our hearts together to seek you and seek your glory and seek your kingdom, seek your righteousness in this world. That by our love, the world would know that you are Lord and Christ. We love you and we praise you.